Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The World in 10, your daily update on the biggest stories from around the world, as seen through the eyes of the Times of London. I'm Rebecca Myers. And I'm Eleanor Shearwood. Today, we'll be looking at gold mines in Tanzania, gold trophies in Wrexham, and paying tribute to the legendary Barry Humphreys. But first to Israel, where the Sunday Times special correspondent Josh Glancy has travelled to interview Rabbi Leo D, whose wife and two daughters were killed in a shooting in the occupied West Bank earlier this month. Rabbi D and his family moved to Efrat, a large Jewish settlement in the West Bank, 15 miles from Jerusalem from Britain, nine years ago. The rabbi has given a number of speeches at funerals and press conferences since the death of his wife and daughters, and they've made headlines around the world. He says he feels no hatred for the perpetrators. We spoke to our correspondent Josh Glancy about his interview with the rabbi. He was clearly very angry and upset, very emotional, but but he was also a rabbi and he loved to talk and he loved to discuss ideas, a phenomenally clever man and, and thoughtful man and incredibly strong. He's become a real figure in Israel in the last two weeks. He gave these electric speeches at the funerals and at a press conference. Emotional, of course, but but powerful. And he demands the world pays attention to what happened to his family. And Josh said he also reflected on what it might mean for the future, both for the rabbi himself and for the region. He still believes in his future there. He still believes in bringing his other three children up in a frat and continuing to be there. And, you know, he sees it as as the life that he wants to live. I don't know if they'll ever be the same again, but he is a man of remarkable strength and purpose. He said he believed that this was such an awful event that it might might be an end to terror. I, I forgive him his optimism, but I don't share it. I'm afraid my my fear is there'll be more Lucy's and Maya's and Rena's in the future before peace is found uh, in Israel and with the Palestinians. Our next story is quite harrowing, but I think it's one that needs to be told. It's about what's going on in Tanzania at the moment. So the country is one of Africa's biggest producers of gold. And the piece frames it as glittering riches await a lucky few. And it describes this desperation from a lot of people there to get gold. So there's 10 official foreign gold mining corporations, but a million informal miners. They're working 24-hour shifts, knee-deep in muddy waters, and they're even handling toxic chemicals to get these gold nuggets from the ground. And miners, especially these informal miners, are looking for any means to get hold of this gold, including turning to witch doctors to guarantee them good luck. But it comes at a brutal cost. These shamans say that virgin blood has magical properties which can be used in rituals to get good luck. So that's what the miners have been trying to find. And basically it's resulted in these attacks on girls aged 10 or younger, these awful cases of sexual assault, rape and even murder. Shema Bakht has the story and she's been speaking to the miners and told me what they've said that shocked her most. These miners were breaking into people's homes and they were just taking girls who they described as street girls. So they said they would be, you know, quite vulnerable 
and would just take them from their properties and rape them. And we spoke to one person who had done this recently. He said that he needed to collect the fluids. So it's all very graphic, gruesome kind of ritual. Now, witch doctors aren't legal in Tanzania anymore, but they still hold a huge amount of influence in certain areas, especially among the miners who are paid based on the weight of the gold they collect. The sense of desperation more generally is nothing new. Shema told me this has happened before and talked about what led to these hugely influential witch doctors being outlawed back in 2015. People in Tanzania who were in these areas where witch doctors had a lot of influence were seen going out and maiming and killing people with albinism because they were told by these witch doctors that if they brought them body parts, they would be able to do these black magic rituals and to get unbelievable wealth and good luck and success. And it's been reported that you know people would partake back then in quite gruesome crimes. Now, this story broke while we were preparing today's episode, and when it did, we knew we had to change our plans. Absolutely. I mean, my phone was buzzing with notifications from every news app I have, including The Times, of course, with the really sad news that Barry Humphreys, better known as Dame Edna's, died at the age of 89. He'd been in hospital because of complications from a hip surgery that he had last month. His career spanned decades, and he entertained so many generations with these satirical characters. Not just Dame Edna Everidge, with those like iconic winged glasses and the phrase hello possums it's a terrible impression for me <laughs> but also Sir Les Patterson and people all over the world have been paying tribute but I don't think any sum it up quite as nicely as the Australian Prime Minister that's where Humphreys was from it's Anthony Albanese and he remembered Humphreys for his great wit and described him as an absolute one of a kind but I thought the best line was he was both gifted and a gift that is lovely isn't it and it seems only right that we finished by hearing from Barry himself. I like playing it, but it's the most grotesque character I've ever played. And also from Dame Edna. I had a beautiful speech tonight, but I'm going to discard that because something very special has happened (laughs) in the last 24 hours. Something rather magical and wonderful. And I am very, very excited because I am going to be the maid of honour. I am! It's wonderful. Now, Rebecca, when you think of beer, what is the first word that comes to mind? Delicious. <laughs> yeah, probably for me too. But I bet it wouldn't be divisive. That's the word the Times are using in their piece, The Beer That Splits America. I got some Bud Lights for us. So... I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. Now, this This is Dina Mulvaney, who has nearly 11 million TikTok subscribers. She's a transgender influencer and, as you can hear, is being sponsored by Budweiser. What you can't hear is in this advert, she's dressed as Holly Golightly from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Love ya! Cheers. Go team. 
and Conservative Americans are not happy about it. David Charter, our correspondent, has been speaking to people in a bar in St. Louis, and the quotes he's got from them are pretty punchy. One punter told him Budweiser shouldn't have gotten political with beer. Their main demographic is blue-collar guys that drink beer and like grilling. This goes beyond beer, though, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like the beer, which apparently is the best-selling in America, has become a prism through which people are seeing the country's divisions, according to David. Bud's parent company, Anheuser-Busch, lost billions of dollars in market value because investors thought sales would go down and some of its plants received threats. Police in LA had to respond to a bomb threat at one brewery last week. But it's also, I guess, about the difficulty of navigating the political climate for American companies at the moment because it's becoming so polarised and there's this constant risk of sparking outrage on social media, especially on sites like TikTok. And that could have really damaging consequences for businesses. Absolutely. And something that David points to as well is that more people are becoming independent rather than aligning with a certain political party. Experts say that's because of a growing disillusionment with the climate they describe as hysterical. What's for certain is this is far from over for Budweiser and we will see how this plays out. So it is the sports story that has made us all believe in soccer again. <laughs> Absolutely, Wrexham Football Club, it was bought by actors Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney in 2020. It's gone from small town to Hollywood with a documentary made about the purchase. And today is a big day because they're up for promotion. They're playing against Boreham Wood and if they win, they'll get promoted. It's a story that has united the locals who've loved the club for decades, for generations of their families, with the new soccer fans in America who've started supporting the club for the first time. Sunday Times reporter Katie Gatons went down to Wrexham recently to find out what all the fuss is about. She made the trip just after their victory over Notts County when it looked like they might be set for promotion. It was fantastic. Everybody was buzzing. It's it's a very small town in Wales. And um, everybody that I spoke to was incredibly supportive of the takeover by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. It was really just full on celebration mode. But the supporters Katie's spoken to come from much further afield than Wales. I spoke to one guy called Michael Starkey. He's based in Alabama and he is currently in Wrexham now, but it's his first trip outside of the United States. He had to apply for a passport and him and his girlfriend have travelled over and are now in Wrexham to watch them play a match today. And that's all for today's World in 10. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget, if you enjoyed the journalism you heard on this podcast, you can take out an online subscription to The Times of London. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.